Hi everyone and welcome back to the Sustainable Sleepover Club podcast for our 35th episode. Today we are mixing up the format and instead of having a guest on, we are recording our second book club episode and unpopular opinions. So first we're going to start with our fun question, which is a movie or TV show that everyone would recommend. So who wants to go first? I'm just going to go straight in and say that I finished the third season of the Umbrella Academy in like two days. It was a bop. I liked it. Um, would recommend. I have no idea what's going on at the end, but c'est la vie. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. It's funny and um, quirky. And I didn't really predict what was going to happen, which I like with TV shows. So check that out. <laughs> I watched the other seasons, but not the new one yet. So good to know. Um, I'm going to recommend on Disney Plus Atlanta. Um, I, I watched it because it was written and produced and like directed and starred in by Childish Gambino. So I was like, okay, the soundtrack will be good and it'll be funny. And it is funny, but it's like, it's like one of those shows where it's like a comedy mixed with like real life issues. And so I've only watched one season, but a lot of it deals with like police brutality and like financial issues. And it's like, serious issues but like there's still lighthearted humor and it's just like each episode is like 25 minutes which is a nice break from like the hour and a half episodes of things now so yeah was that on disney plus yeah season three is like coming out weekly now cool i am going to recommend because i saw it in cinemas last night i saw elvis in cinema and it was really good it's like I really really enjoyed it obviously there's no spoilers because it's just (laughs) but they do like his whole life from when he's like a child to like up until he basically is really old and nearly dies um but it's like a Baz Luhrmann film so it's shot like some of the parts of it are shot like really cool and especially like the media stuff and things like that but I think the actor is Austin Butler isn't it yeah yeah he did amazing. He just like, like the dance moves and everything. And he just absolutely became him. And when they show like at the end, they show clips of like the real Elvis compared to him. He looks so like him in the part and everything. And like, even the way he moves and like his voice and everything, it just all sounds really similar. So I think he did an amazing job, especially. So yeah, it was really, really good. I would definitely recommend, especially in cinema. It was really good in cinema. Um, I was going to say Peaky Blinders, but I haven't seen six season yet, so I don't want to recommend it in case it's just really bad. Um, but I did. Uh, oh, really cinema. bad. It's not really bad. <laughs> it's just not great. great. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I need to form my own opinion. I love <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but I saw it in Belfast in the cinema like, uh, when it came out, like a few months ago, whenever that was, uh, before the leaving started to become a mindless blur of <laughs> weeks and days. But it's so good. I really, really enjoyed it. The cinematography is like so beautiful. Like the opening shot is like this gorgeous, like color scene of a like panorama view of Belfast and like the dockyards and everything. And then the rest of the movie is black and white, except for um, when they watch like films. So this like real like filmmakers love like comes through the film like so much. Like you can tell this is just like a work of like like joy and like the love for filmmaking and also such a poignant story and like kind of like put a different perspective on obviously it's like set during the troubles and stuff but it kind of like had um a sort of alternate viewpoint I suppose and like a viewpoint about like a young boy like it's told almost as like a young boy and how he sees the world and it's 
so raw and beautiful and I just really really enjoyed it it's a little bit um like I suppose a little bit maybe on the bit more like yay side um but because there is like songs and stuff but it's I, it's the acting is amazing and I think it's a really really good one to watch if you need a recommendation yep I have three recommendations actually oh. <laughs> okay number okay, one number one <laughs> Um, my all, one of my all-time favorite movies ever, ever, ever is A Quiet Place. So you have to watch it. Great movie. Very, very, very long. And, John, and John Krasinski. Mwah. Incredible. Fantabulous. Number two. The Minions <laughs> Rise of Queen. <laughs> oh, I've seen that Monday. I still haven't seen it, but I just think everyone needs to watch it anyways. <laughs> you haven't seen it. I opened, I opened Carol's like Instagram story like 30 minutes ago and went, what the hell? And it was just a picture of like the Minions Rise of Queen. No context whatsoever. <laughs> Minions and delivery, Rodrigo, yeah. And number three. Number three. <laughs> My favorite movie ever, um, Divergent. It's like a really like deep, meaningful story about a, teen- <laughs> about a teenage girl who's not like other girls, and um, yeah, she's like she's literally a normal girl. That's the entire part of the movie, but like, it's really good and like really deep. So everyone needs to watch it for an emotional roller coaster. There yeah. you go. Really, a warning to society in general. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It's for three recommendations. <laughs> I haven't watched the latest season of it, but uh, I love uh, Dynasty. <gasps> yes, agreed. It's it, it. The main reason I started watching it because it has Elizabeth Gillies, and I love mm-hmm. Elizabeth Gillies because mm-hmm. she's Elizabeth Gillies. There's not much more to say on that. <laughs> it's just such a dramatic show, and the fashion is ready. so good as well. Sorry. Um, the clothing is so good. I love it. Mm. So there, now everyone just watch TV and movies all day, except we've got book recommendations as well. So before we dive in and share some of the books we've been reading recently, or just like our all-time favourites, as well as ones that we didn't like and unpopular opinions, I'm just going to quickly share some ways you can get your hands on like any books. Um, So education and reading should be accessible to everyone so other than just going to your bookshop and buying one of these books you can also go to your local library and set up an account for free and and there you can loan books from the library or if the ones we mentioned in this episode aren't there you can go up to the desk and ask the librarian to order the book for you and you can also do this online with your account number and another way of finding the books is through the library service and is to sign into their ebooks ebook service um, and search for their audiobooks and download the books there. So number two, you could have a look in your local secondhand bookshops um, or secondhand websites in general as they're likely to be much cheaper. Um, and three, a great one, you can swap and share your books around with friends. This one I do quite often and it's great. So you can get a book, your friend gets a book and most likely you know, get a good recommendation before you dive in as well. So now let's head into the book club section so who has a book that they're going to recommend first wait before we start I just want to say that I joined the library again for the first time since I was oh, like 11 because I did it primarily because they have this new system in a lot of libraries in Douglas and Cork is what it is it's called open library my open library and you get a pass a card and you can go in when the library is closed so seven days a week uh, from 8 a.m to 10 p.m and like I was in the library for 12 hours every day, so everyone even started. Like it was the most helpful thing in the entire world. 
you've access to computers, everything. And it, it's just like, if you need somewhere to go or work or study, like I cannot recommend it enough because the library closes at like, they ha- you leave at like 5.15. So it goes at 5.30. So like, it's just like the most helpful thing ever. And if you need somewhere to go, I really recommend the library. That's yeah, I've heard about that in the bigger libraries. I don't know if all towns have it, but that. No, so. it's like every new library that's being built has to have this thing. So Douglas has it because they were built after the fire. Um, but eventually all the libraries will have it. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay. First book review. I genuinely think, first of all, that the Leaving Cert has made me illiterate. Um, it's a common side effect, guys. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just really throw it out there. Um, I have not properly read anything apart from like whatever the hell my chemistry book is called in about six months. Uh, I've started a few books that are looking to be promising. Um, Eve gave me a copy of The Bell Jar. So we have started that. Wait, no, Carol gave me a copy of Bell Jar. <laughs> I reread the book. Oh my God, Carol gave me a copy of Bell Jar. I did reread the book that Eve gave me though, which is um, The Call of the Wild, which is Jack London, which I loved when I was younger. Um I just got the picture Dorian Gray, which comes with good recommendations. And the other thing I started was um, Never Let Me Go, which I've not come to the end of yet, but I am enjoying. Um, But my book recommendation is something I read literally like three years ago. Um, And we're recording this just just after the end of Pride Month. So I think it's fairly applicable, but it's a miseducation of Cameron Post. I'm really hoping I didn't talk about it in the last book club uh, episode. Amy's shaking her head. Okay, I didn't. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. It's set in America in the, I think, 80s. Yes, the 80s, the late 80s, uh, 89. And it basically is surrounding the story of this girl called Cameron. She's a teenager. And kind of, I suppose, her exploring her sexuality and then growing up in kind of very conservative Christian environment and then being sent to conversion therapy. And it's basically kind of her story, yeah, from kind of there to there. Um, I thought it was quite good. I found it like, I don't know, I remember I I read it all until like, I don't know why I thought there was like a load of book left and there was like 10 pages left and I felt it was getting a little bit slow when I stopped and then I was like, oh, there's like 10 pages left. Um, but I did finish the last 10 pages, but I liked it and I thought it was really interesting and it was... Um, I hadn't known an awful lot about conversion therapy, I suppose, at the time. So it was kind of a good introduction into what that was and what that meant. And I thought it was interesting. I would recommend. <laughs> I haven't read it, but I would have to put it on my list. Okay, I guess I'll go next. Um, I just finished it like a few days ago and I was kind of, I didn't want to finish it. Like I was enjoying it. It's Just Kids by Patti Smith. Um, and it's nonfiction, which I don't usually read, but it kind of, it's just about because Patti Smith is a musician in like the seventies, eighties. Well, since then, um, and it's just it's her writing this book about her life with Robert Maplethorpe, who was like a photographer at the time. Um, and I think it's at the beginning I was kind of forgot that it was nonfiction because it's just kind of their life. But like it was what I appreciate about it is that it was like obviously very real and that like there was every person she encountered had flaws and stuff like that. And it showed her own flaws, which was very refreshing. So I feel like a lot of characters aren't flawed in books and stuff. Um, and also I think I liked it because with nonfiction, I feel like it can be kind of boring and dragging on. Like this happened and this happened and this happened, but she had a good 
she struck a good like medium between being very descriptive and being very factual. Um, and because it just is like, so um, it really emulates like New York culture as well. Um, and talks about like Andy Warhol and like Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix and all these people who are like huge icons of the time. And it's because it's real life. It's like, there's a bunch of pictures in it, um, which are really fun to look at. And it was like a treat reading it because like just the way she writes is very beautiful. And I was listening to her music for the first time while reading it. Um, so it was fun to kind of see parallels from the book and the um, music. So yeah, I gave it five stars. I really loved it. And it was like emotional at times, but like, it was just a very nice, pleasant read. I love Patti Smith. So it's, I actually had been meaning to read that book. So that's good. Amazing. Um, I can go next because mine is similar in the sense that it is also a nonfiction and it's kind of like a memoir, similar life story kind of thing so this one is um Rebecca Solnit's memoir um and she's a writer and it's called Recollections of My Non-Existence and it's really good I really like I really like her like writing um but essentially she was she like lived in San Francisco and she was kind of like always writing but she just kind of talked about like essentially she's she was involved with like say environmental activism like in the 80s so like way back and like she talked about um because obviously she lived in America she like went and lived with like the native people in America um and she just talked about kind of what she learned from them and things like that um she talked a lot about like like reading being a woman writer as well and like try I suppose trying to make her like to be taken seriously um and that that's like a really big part of um kind of with writing that it's it's more just reputation and what people like think and like that people kind of trust reading you so then like when she was writing that's kind of was the most important thing and and that sometimes that was difficult because she was a woman um, and then she also talked a lot about like um, HIV and AIDS epidemic um, and just gay pride and kind of punk rock and all that period, which all kind of happened around the same time. And she was in New York. Um, and yeah, she she now talks a lot because obviously it's really interesting to read someone who's been involved in kind of activism and just all those issues and writing for and like feminism for such a long time it's it was kind of interesting to read her work because you think at some point she's going to get like disillusioned and just sad by the whole world and angry but she doesn't she writes at the end actually more so than the start about like hope and the hope she has and um, for meeting all these people that she tells you about in the book and from um just all the lessons she's learned so I thought that was like it like left you with a lot of like lessons but also she just writes really well so as Ro said it doesn't just feel like she's saying this happened this happened and she's also a really good writer and like the imagery in it is is really good so it's also just a nice piece of writing um so yeah I would recommend it kind of sounds like you otherwise she's like getting what she reads around her and like writing about like I'll take that (laughs) sweet sounds good (laughs) will I go next yeah okay um I did okay the book I recommend 
is Rebecca by um, Daphne Dumar. And I want to point out that Rob was going to do this and I stole off him when he was coming on. <laughs> Again, I did my reading for two and I have read this book twice in the past two months. And that is not a testament to how good this book is. Nothing else will be because to take time out of your reading start to read a book is an achievement. So anyways, um, it's so good. First off, I'm sorry, I'm reading the chat. It's kind of shocked. <laughs> um, wait okay yeah no okay so it's written i have no idea when it's written actually it was written um okay see i should have done research for this i'll check my now. copy when Please i was prepared do, to my dad's reading mine i made my parents read it and my dad's um because it's one of the best books i've written so daphne demore like wrote it um her husband at the time she was married to like a strict military uh, man and she actually wrote it in egypt it's set in england and it has this like the most evocative, provocative, like, use all my English words, like, sensual imagery, like, you've ever read. Like, I read it for the second time, just, like, relishing her writing, because it is one of the most, like, well-written, like, beautifully written books I've ever read. It's amazing. The storyline focuses on a young girl who marries a wealthy man after the death of his wife, and the book is called Rebecca, which is based, which is her first wife's name, Rebecca, and significantly, which I actually didn't realize, like half through the book, is the second wife is actually unnamed. So she's only referred to by what everyone else calls her. And often that's just Mrs. De Winter, which is like her name. And it's just this powerful story of the disillusionment of love and the like erasure of woman's identity. Um, Daphne Demore was like labeled as like a romance writer. And like she hated that title because she felt her books were so much more psychological than just like a romance novel and this book proves how incredible and how like universal her writing was because that book was a hit like it was a bestseller um and honestly if I was to recommend it I would really recommend reading the copy with the afterword by Sally Bowman because she really goes into how I don't want to spoil it see I'm trying so not to spoil it how um the how Sally Rooney splits the identity of woman between these two like characters of Rebecca and the unnamed Mrs. De Winter and how their identities are so intertwined yet so separate and they represent two parts of her being and her as a writer, her as a writer and her as a woman and her experience with sort of being the wife and being a writer. She felt that they could not co- like coexist together and it's the most powerful book I think I've read like in the past like I don't know, actually, I've read a lot of books recently, but I was known plus like whatever. But it's so good. I can't even talk about it because I'm like trying to spoil it so bad. Oh. Just <laughs> take your word and read it. The more it. you say, the more you say, the less like suspense it is because the book is built on this like drawn out, like beautiful, like thought process of the character, the, the main character. And she like, she writes so distinctly and so well you become the character like you become the unknit Mrs. De Winter you become this identity that she is you see it through her eyes and you like when I finished it I felt like I felt what she felt and it was only upon reflection that I realized how dangerous that was to feel what she felt because her story is quite tumultuous and like normally I always take books from like an outside perspective and like critical literacy and critical thinking but with this book you're absorbed into the storyline and you feel what the main character feels so poignantly to almost the point of like you need to take a step back and look at the actual like what her character is going through um because it's it's a heartbreaking story but it also is so wonderful and I can't even talk about it I'm just not talking about it okay that sounds amazing 
But Ro can jump in if he wants to say anything. I don't know. <laughs> um, it was written in 1938 following her <laughs> debut. A biography by her dad and two other books. <laughs> Have you read it, Ro? Yeah, read it, loved it, cried over. Actually, didn't cry, but I almost did. <laughs> <laughs> it's like amazing. Like her characterization is amazing. There's like, because like it's set in like this like old English home. It's first text. It starts off. The first line is iconic because everyone knows it. It's. Uh, Last night I jumped went to Manderley again. And it starts off with her in the future. And she takes you back into the storyline of how she got to this point of exile and this point of like no return. And the whole time you're wondering how her life ended up at this point. But the house of Manderley becomes a character in the book. It becomes such a domineering presence. And it kind of like consumes her and her identity. And if you liked Rich, if you didn't hear even Sarah, and you liked Rich and you liked Dickinson, you will love this book. So if that's <laughs> making a read, I don't know. But you can definitely see the idea of like female identity and stuff. It's a really beautiful book. So yeah. So Taylor Swift wrote a song like based off of it. <laughs> yeah, my mom like was trying to get me to read it for years and years and years. And I was like, I will, yeah, like I'll read it someday. And then I was watching that guy on YouTube who does like the literary references and like Taylor Swift's songs. I don't know. And he was like, this book is one of Taylor Swift's books. She wrote the song Tolerate It based on this book and I love that song it's like this kind of depiction of like an almost like needy relationship where like the main character the character in that song is like desperate for her lover's attention and like it's almost like a like a dog like a dog like begging for affection and it's this like heartbreaking song so that song convinced me to read it and it's one of Tessa's favorite books so if that doesn't make you read it I don't know what would because <laughs> it's, it's like I'm done trying <laughs> Actually, though, if we come to the popular opinion section, I'll also have the set and how I don't agree with it. So maybe that's a bit controversial. I was going to say, is tolerated based off of it? Because I would have been like, like the way you were describing, I was positive it was going to be like the gra- last great American dynasty. <laughs> no, tolerate it. Tolerate it. Because the last great American dynasty, I think it opens with like Rebecca as well. No, like, that's Re- a different Rebecca. That's um, that's actually, she's a real person. She was an heiress. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I was thinking, is yeah, that's off, that's it's off. I can't remember her second name, but Rebecca, I can't remember her second name. She married this like really wealthy man and like, got the size of him, and she was infamous like in her area for like throwing massive parties and whatever. Um, and then Taylor Swift lives in her house now. So Taylor Swift like oh, equates right. herself as this woman who like kind of took down this like patriarchal industry, which was of course at her time like the silver industry of marriage, and now Taylor Swift is like the music industry. So yeah, that's that sounds such a good sound. Taylor Swift is one of the best brewers of our time. I'll say that again. You were describing it there yeah. and I was like, yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> what the song is about. <laughs> okay. Any other book reviews? Not even reviews, recommendations. I have three. <laughs> <laughs> three. Number we were struggling one. to find one, Carol. <laughs> Number one. Divergent. Best book ever. Oh my it god, Carol. Surprise. <laughs> Just read, read the first one and pretend the other two don't exist, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Number two. 1984. It's a good book. Everyone loves it. Everyone mm. always recommends Animal Farm over it, but I still think that 1984 is an incredible book. Like yeah. George Orwell literally created a language for the book in the first place, and it has like a lot of parallels to, I guess, modern life in like a very weird way because obviously it's like you know totalitarian London and all this kind of thing. But the reason I like the book so much is because the whole concept of like Orwellian is literally a way of describing certain democracies and like. The whole, you know, what is it? It's war is peace. Ignorance is strength and freedom is slavery. 
And th- that's like one of the main quotes in the book. And it relates a lot to another book that I'm reading called uh, Manufacturing Consent. And it's by this guy called Noam Chomsky. <laughs> and he's a, he's a key thinker, actually, in this the politics guy. course. And he, he came up with this thing called the propaganda model and the five filters of the mass media. And it describes how the mass media manipulates people. Um, and like the filters are, what is it? It's like, it's like media ownership. So it's how the concept that the ownership of the media is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And then there's the media elite. So it's like how politicians and like the wealthy and all that are in bed with the media. And basically they're able to manipulate what stories come out. There's flax, anyone that tries to go against it, they get kind of like... What's the word? I don't know. They get given out to. That's the <laughs> word I can think of. I don't know. There's, there's like five of them anyway. And it like shows how the, like everyone's manipulated by the media. And that's like Noam Chomsky and his book. And he gives like real life examples of it. But then Orwell's book is like really similar as well. Like the whole thing of the Ministry of Tr- Truth that, you know, the media can basically tell you what to believe and you can't believe otherwise. I don't know weird parallels between the books recommend both of them they're really great books Orwell of course is like a classic and Noam Chomsky is a UPenn professor so he's like pretty good at writing or whatever I don't know so exactly. you know read the books guys and read Divergent <laughs> we compared those two books to Divergent makes me feel physically bad <laughs> what do you mean oh well I mean you were giving your history of the books. Uh, Veronica Roth wrote Divergent in three weeks over her Christmas break. So no stuck on that, George Orwell, okay? <laughs> bet George Orwell didn't write it in three weeks over Christmas break. <laughs> I bet not. Yeah, you can tell. I can bet. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Go. Next. Next, please. <laughs> Thank you, next. Okay, I have next. one book to recommend. And that is... Okay, I think... A lot of us who've read The Hunger Games can agree that The Hunger Games is amazing. Best book divergent ever. ever. Yeah. Amazing. Carol, stop. At some point. So we can't take the opinion. So if you haven't yeah. read The Hunger Games, you kind of need to. Anyway, what I'm going to recommend is the prequel, uh, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is about the kind of antagonist of The Hunger Games as a child. Like an eighteen-year-old child, <laughs> like an his youth, like a, like a young person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just I don't know. It's really I I liked it from like a psychology perspective, even though I know nothing about psychology. <laughs> from that perspective, and also like a dystopian, but also. Oh, I think Eve wants to mention the thing about how the Hunger Games ties into the current oh, world situation. <laughs> no, I just think Suzanne Collins is the most like crafty like person because the Hunger Games like read as like this like almost like teen way romance like dystopian novel. They are the most like politically intelligent books you've ever read. Like they have mm-hmm. ev- everything in them. Like the reason Divergent flops is because. <laughs> The author just air and she just like made them like the whole like faction system like she kind of like, just stole all the ideas mashed them together and then created this like not very realistic no solid grounds world <laughs> with <laughs> i mean no storyline and gets worse over the book i think she wrote like the first book and didn't plan it for two and then just decided to write another one yeah 
I mean, not to call it a Hunger Games knockoff, but it takes Hunger Games and it like shoves them together in this awful way. But Hunger Games, <laughs> like everything, single thing in it is built upon existing structures in society and existing like um, features that have occurred over history. So it has this like groundwork to go off of that makes it so authentic and so well done. And even like the characters, the things they go through, the use of propaganda, the media, the way kids are treated, the whole like facts or not factious and district system, the capital, the president, everything has a background and has a truth to reality and links to reality. It's like and it's like you would take the structures that exist today and heighten them to the extreme effect like what happened in Only Ever Yours in the terms of feminism and how that was heightened to the extreme effect or the way women are treated to an extreme effect that's what Suzanne Collins does in The Hunger Games and it's so insane and the more times you read them the more things you spot and the more appreciation you get for them but I haven't read The Battle of Sunbury Stakes yet so I'm going to go back to what you see to explain that one because I haven't read it yet so okay, Battle of Sunbury and Snakes is amazing and has anyone else here read it? I've read Not it. Yet, unfortunately. Oh, Gabby. Yeah, Gabby has read it. Gabby's read it. <laughs> Good choice. Everyone else needs to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I have it, I swear. <laughs> it's really good. I don't know. I've heard some people say they didn't like it. They kind of felt it was a bit slow paced, but I feel like a book doesn't have to be fast paced to kind of love it. I, I don't know. It's very, like, I found it very immersive. And just seeing his, like, mental, like, the and main character's, like, attitude. To everything mm. evolve yeah because like i think one, one of the things i loved about it as well as that well like, a i think it's written from the antagonist of next book's point of view which isn't something you get very often and b it's like there's something so creepy is the only way you can describe it about his mindset like it's just it's kind of, you can see how he becomes the character that he is in the new books. Like there's, first of all, there's like a deep rooted misogyny in there. Um, that's really, really evident. And then there's kind of like a, like, like almost like a sociopathic kind of um, a vibe that just runs through the whole thing, which I thought was really, really well written. And one other thing I enjoyed about as well, um, I think is the fact like the Hunger Games, by the time you come to the Hunger Games, these whole, these whole Hunger Games, are really kind of glamorized and they're all very high tech and neat. Whereas like these original Hunger Games were like almost like Roman um, like battles. Do you know what I mean? Like proper Colosseum style stuff, you know, like really, really brutal. But the idea that they still washed with an audience, you know, because um, like I think it's almost what I like about the book is it almost is like it tries to humanize him while still knowing that he has no humanity. Mm. Um, and I thought that was really, really well written. The ending confused me a little, um, but endings seem to confuse me a lot, guys. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, as of late, very confused by endings. But, um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Sorry, okay. I'm jumping into your book wreck. <laughs> no, please go ahead. Um, there's uh, the movies supposed, the movie adaptation supposed to come out like November 2023. So in like a year and a bit. So I'm just kind of waiting for that. <laughs> I'm actually so excited to read it I've been putting off reading it until I could get into it because I read The Hungry yeah. during my pre's which was just again so stupid because I did not say my pre's at all because I was just so obsessed with reading them but I couldn't read it on during on, yeah so I'm going to be reading them again because they're so good her characterization is insane like that's just like like what you're saying Gabby sounds so interesting like how you can see him develop and stuff 
Yeah, I just think it's fascinating. And I think it's one of the reasons I love Katniss as well, is that like she is a flawed main character. Yeah. Like there's none of this like Manny Pixie Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah. I'm kind of like, like, do you know what I mean? She's brutal and she's a survivor, you know. She and, doesn't want to be there. She's not doing yeah. for any glory or anything. You know. And so is Pita. Pita is such an underrated character. Okay, yeah. I went <laughs> like, okay, if you were if you were on Instagram or like, I don't know what else is existing. I'd say Tumblr, but I wasn't actually on Tumblr. But if you were on Instagram, like during the 2014 era when they came out, like, oh my God, like it was like Team Pita or Team Gail. Like it was like the whole thing. And yeah. Kind of reduced to like the love interests. But Pita is like one of the best characters ever because he's, actually so smart like so intelligent and he is so interesting because he seems so wholesome and so sweet and then is the biggest like almost like not manipulator of her but of the media and how to work an angle and how to present himself and the system in this way that like influences him and like it helps him and he gets so underrated for how smart he is but oh my god Every single character in that book is so well developed, or in those books are so well developed and so intricate and so complex. And I cannot recommend them more. And it's also they're kind of fun to read. Like they're not like boring. Like they're fun. Like if you want a fun book, they're fun. You know. One thing I think I loved about as well is that like The Hunger Games is a critique of media mm-hmm. and of how media treats young people and how of how media can make a situation look. And one thing I loved is that like in the books the media focus is all on this Katniss P, a love story. Like, keep in mind, they're 16 in the first book. It's not on the fact that a load of children are being murdered, you know? Um, and I think what I really like, um, Carol, sorry, Carol's in the group chat, just like <laughs> trying to stand up divergent. Um, but what, like, what I really liked about them as well is that when you actually look at how the media treated the Hunger Games as a piece of media, like the media in our world, it was like yeah. all this focus was on like I was I remember I was young at the time when the movies came out but like all this focus is on the Katniss Peter Gale love triangle you know um yeah which I thought was so interesting because it was like you know almost like reality mimicking fiction in a way you know yeah, yeah one and thing, like this, sorry um one thing that kind of annoyed me about the Hunger Games is not it it's like what the media did to it is because around that time of like the 2014 was like the end of the twilight saga and mm-hmm. i feel like the love the triangle was brought mm. over to this when it's not really yeah needed to be applied and that kind of ruined it for me at a young age i was like this has nothing to do with gail but yeah, yeah. and also she's like so talented at creating a love story that's not a love story like because the second book is my favorite book ever it's the best book ever it's so good and there is a love story in that book because that's the way the like the system of the Hunger Games, like the like focus of it is on their love story. But like Suzanne Collins creates this dual love story, which is the media and the actual characters themselves. And she does it in the most subtlest, most beautifulest, simplest gestures. Like there's no like big kissing or no like, you know, like, there's no like there's no like stupid like traditional love story thing. But in this just like poignant depictions, <laughs> I can't speak of the characters' emotions towards each other and how they like develop and how they change. And she does it so elegantly and so subtly that like you almost don't notice that they're actually in love or whatever, or they're not in love. You have debates about that. But also it's it was like the influential book, like the symbol of like resistance, the three frame symbol, was adopted by the people of Myanmar, like during the revolution. Like it's like a powerful storyline and a powerful symbol of resistance. And it's such a good book if you want to like read something that's maybe like a little bit like more 
not like political, but you don't want to read a fiction book, but you also don't want to read like something that's like that's like pure like summer fantasy or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's so good. I love all of your like you just described Hunger Games so well in like 15 minutes, which is amazing. But I also like the first time you started describing Hunger Games, I just wish that like people could see podcasts for Carl's Face Alone. Anyway, for our final messages, we're going to do unpopular opinions and I'm going to hand over to Gabby. Okay, I won't sing the song but um not something that's likely to happen i do not want to be sued by the bbc um so we're doing a segment guys um does anyone else want to kick it off or will i um i might step in just because my unpopular opinion is a book just to like get rid of the book section so a book that i went into with a bit of expectation just because of how like glamorized it is but i ended up not even disliking. I despise this book. And like, very <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> strong. <laughs> Every time I think about it, I just get like unnecessarily angry because I'm not a necessarily angry person outwardly, but this drives me insane. It's called Me by Your Name. Um, oh yeah. yes, you have. Everybody before. seems to love this book, and I watched the movie, and I was like a bit bored. Um, and then I read the book. It's not badly written at all. Like his, he's a very good writer like his description of like italy is good like he writes well but what he's writing about is very bad um so the reasons i just like it it's like a gay love story but the author isn't gay and i don't think that that's like it's like built up online as like the gay book like the like best gay movie for like teens um and that's not it's not written by a gay person so it's not really accurate also like it's between like a 17 year old and a 24 year old and that's never really mentioned in it at all um and there's no communication between the two it's solely like a it's for like their own pleasure like it's not like a romantic thing it's just like lustful and i reading it made me feel very disgusted and like and every person i talk to is like it's so good what do you mean and it's like kind of baffling because it's only like straight people or like people who aren't like labeled who have been like, this book is great. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> this makes me feel a bit strange. You know I mean, um, I think as well, like after, because like we watched Heartstopper together, and obviously that was like a book beforehand as well. But I think as well, like just to see like that's the way like kind of gay representation should be, you know, like the actors, you know, were actually generally like the identity they were playing and the author you know was part of the community as well and like nobody was it wasn't too like it was just like a fun show like it, yeah. it, it dealt with some of the serious stuff but it didn't like go over into it and I think as it just wasn't there wasn't that huge age gap it didn't have to be hypersexualized. I think it was just like a nice story and it's just like that's actually so rare which yeah. is, so I think it was just like refreshing as well yeah because yeah. like representation is important but i don't think call me more name is representation because like nobody involved in it is part of the lgbt community and it's like built up as like the most accurate thing ever and it's like false like just false objectively mm-hmm. false you know what i mean so it makes me extremely angry and i fought like had verbal arguments with people about it so yeah <laughs> she to go off that because I was thinking about it. I was talking to some people after watching myself, and they're like, "I can't watch it. It's like really cringy." Like someone was like, 
the acting is really cringy. I was like, to be fair, there are so many TV shows that are in like the high school and it's between like a guy and a girl and be like a straight relationship. And it is the most cringy, unbearable Disney TV channel. Show all of it. <laughs> not even Disney channel, like mainstream Netflix. TV show. Yeah. Think of That's like, true. I don't know. And people are like, oh, they're so good. But then they like watch one somewhat cringy acting, but it's a great show. I love the show. Outer and Banks. they're like, oh, it's such a bad show. I'm like, okay, you're the one watching like Riverdale. So you can't really complain. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like I think yeah. one thing I really liked about Heartstopper is that it actually seems like how 14 year olds act. Mm, yeah. Like I know there's a lot. There's they like, yeah. Like I know, okay, <laughs> I know. I know they don't really look like 14 year olds. Like, at least they're played by teenagers. Like, I know yeah. the actors were like 18. Better than normal. You know, mm. but like, Riverdale? at least they weren't played by like 24 year olds. But like, mm. I think the thing about it is that it does feel like how you know yourself you might have acted when you're 14, or like people you know oh acted when they're 14. I just think it's kind of like, it's sweet. It isn't, I know there's a lot of teen shows out there, and it's like, like the, it's really in like the drug scene and like the sex yeah, scene and everything. And I know it's how some teenagers live their life, fair enough. But again, it's not like everyone. And I think maybe there is a lack in terms of that kind of a representation out there. You know, I think it's just, it's a nice love story. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. you know, and it no feels one's saying it's the authentic. most complex, yeah. you know, brilliant, whatever. But it is just a nice show and we do need more of that type of proper representation. Yeah, because what fourteen year old? What fourteen year old is in a complex relationship? You know what I mean? Yeah, everyone. <laughs> Everyone's cringy when they're fourteen. Like that's yeah. the truth of the matter. It's the cringiest year of your life. Sorry if anyone's fourteen and they're listening. Show me your age. Actually, wait. The oh. <laughs> No, I was just saying, like, really quickly, one thing I like about it. <laughs> Sorry, Carol, I'll stop. But I think as well, like, I know there's a lot of debate about um, whether or not, like, non-queer actors should play queer characters. And, like, for me, I don't think it's so much about queer people playing queer characters, although that is important, because I think, especially when you're an actor and you're very much in the media eye, it can nearly be sort of, like, forcing people out of the closet almost you know and then critiquing them saying oh you're straight and you're playing a queer character and they mightn't even be straight you know but I do think it's really really important to have when you're making queer media to have queer writers in the writer's room you know yeah. because the writing is where the story comes from you know obviously the actors betray it but the mm-hmm. writing is where the story comes from and like I think the author herself is asexual you know um and yeah it's just you know what it's it's good solid representation guys would recommend sorry carol you come in carol i'm so sorry carol i'm gonna speak really really quickly eyes are just like no i just totally agree with that point i just think like that that's where the story comes from and like that's where like you know the representation and like the true to life and everything like is gonna come from i think that's really important but also um with like um having like gay characters or gay actors, sorry, for the characters, I think, like, it's, I feel like it's preferable, not even because, like, oh, they're going to represent it better and things like that, because as you said, sometimes it is, like, forcing people out of the closet, and also, like, sexuality isn't something you have to disclose with any job, Mm -hmm. and even if it is for the right reasons, but I do think that um, it is, like, preferable, because, like, just there's so many queer like artists and actors and people doing any job that aren't hired mm. because of like because of homophobia and um, so I think just in general in, in 
not even in terms of acting, but in terms of any, you know, um, any workplace that it is preferable just to bring in more diversity and more voices um, and different types of people just in general. And I think that's mm. why it's a good thing, not necessarily even for the show. Yeah. Carol, go ahead. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> that like, deep. I was just going to say that the the singer that did like one, a load of the main soundtracks, um, Baby Queen, yeah, I saw her live like two days ago. So, yeah, uh, she was really good. Was cool. she in Cork? Oh, that's so cool. Oh, cool. Anyways, how was, the, how was Queen Livy? It was very nice. It was now. It was very, very nice. nice. Um, there was a girl next to us who fainted because it was oh. so hot and there was no air conditioning. So that was fun. I thought um, she was just like in love with. Oh, no, no. Yeah. no Olivia hadn't even started performing. Like, it was that <laughs> okay, 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 okay. It was before okay. and she hit the floor and I was like, it's making fun. I almost fainted too there. <laughs> but like. Did you see her in Cork City, like walking around Gino's? Yeah, like if I'm devastated. Like I'm actually okay, devastated. Like, why has it been spot the celebrity over the past two weeks in Ireland? Oh, like, like literally, there's so many. We went to see like Green Day recently in Dublin, and I think like literally half the rock bands were just like strolling around the city. Mm. Like all it was was like people putting up like someone like the like Slash was there inside in some random restaurant, and like I just like came over here and thought we we're all going like running around in horse and carts and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> walking around like no one's gonna think we're real. And then like, oh my god, people know that I'm eating ice cream with cheese. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> the internet. Yeah, we're like crying over her because she asked him for pictures. She said he said no. Oh she, yeah. Stop being great. <laughs> That's really embarrassing. That's, um, that was quite a uh, topic online. Do you know what's I, funny as well? I know it doesn't really. You guys were like talking about obviously how important it is to have like um, people like representing the characters they play or whatever and this is kind of a different kind of summer but it goes into my popular opinion and it's like why tv shows always hire american or british actors to play irish characters yeah and there are oh so many good irish actresses and actresses because the my and the accent is, is always wrong yeah my opinion is the um sally rooney and the reason i'm bringing it up because sally rooney uh like the show conversation friends like just came out and obviously the main character is Taylor Swift's boyfriend Joe Alwyn and she says okay Taylor Swift has said before that Saturday Marine's conversation friends is one of her books ever and I'm sorry I don't like Saturday name and her books um I just have opinion I know it's a book a popular opinion but I've read normal people and I've read half conversation friends and it's so rare I want you to like I've never I don't think I've ever actually like only half read a book. I finish books till the end. Every time I read a book, I will always finish at the end. I'll always give it the fair chance. I could not get through conversation friends. I'm going to try again. I am. But they are the most painful books I've ever read. I It took me like three weeks to read people. It took me like normally a day to read a book. It took me three weeks. I was so bored. And I want to put it out there that I love her writing style. I adore her. I think it's beautiful. Her short stories are lovely. They're gorgeous. The way she writes is so beautiful and so unique. And she has this like, really gorgeous viewpoint and the way she expresses people and characters is really unique and gorgeous but her characterization is I cannot believe how shocking it is and I don't understand how anyone can say with confidence and with like <laughs> no self-awareness that like they identify to her characters because her characters the most people in the entire world oh my god she like idolizes eating disorders repeatedly 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 throughout the whole books her characters talk about like feminism and communism while bringing down other women and not working because they're communists but yet living off their parents money in Dublin make that make sense to me shame <laughs> people who 
do work because they're working. She is the most out of touch author I've ever seen. And the one thing I've always hated in any kind of media, it's the reason I hated in my Leaving Cert film, which is Unforgiven, is when a director or an author puts themselves too much in the artwork they're doing. I know it's your your piece. Obviously, you have to have a piece of yourself in your product. But when you write a book or produce a film that's literally just like who you want to be or like the romanticized version of yourself, I find that embarrassing. And if you look at Sally Rooney and you look at the characters who play her in both series, she's literally just writing by herself. And if that's how she sees herself, then I could not be friends with her. I'm sorry. <laughs> her characters are her awful. Connell and Marianne are two of the most dysfunctional characters ever. And the reason why I find that book so particularly irritating is because that book spans years, like years. It spans like from their like end of second school to like them being in their like late 20s, something like that. Like it spans years. And there is not a single ounce of character development in those two characters throughout the yeah. entire book. And I understand the point is that when they get back together, they revert back into their old selves. And I understand that that's a common point in literature. It's a common point in real life where you meet someone and you end up reverting back to the person you're with and you're with them originally. But there is a point where that gets so old. And by the end of that book, it was so disheartening. I literally like turned the page to talking about you more and there wasn't more. And I was like, what happens? Because I liked the ending. I liked the way it was left so ambiguous. But I was so disappointed. I can read a book that's boring and no plot. I actually prefer books that have no plot, but intense characterization and intense character development than a book that's high, high in plot and no characterization. But this book lacked any characterization, any character development, and it was such a letdown. And Conversation Friends was even worse for me because the main character was even more painful. I don't know how, but somehow was. And the way she spoke, I actually, wait, I have a little, like, oh, I got, I actually, never mind, I lost it. I had it on my phone a second ago of like where I'd screenshot it and sent to my friend and said, what on earth is this? But it was basically like them talking to this person and they were talking about how they went to a Catholic school and the reason they didn't get out was because Frances, which is her name, was a communist. And I'm like, you're a secondary school. Like, I, I don't, like, I'm sorry. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like, the most, like, over-romanticized depiction of Wait, Ireland I've I'm, ever seen. I'm very confused. Frances didn't get into the school because she's a communist. No, she just didn't like her Catholic school. Girly, every, like, half, 90% of the schools in Ireland are Catholic. No, the not, not literally 90. 90% of the schools in Ireland are under Catholic patronage. <laughs> like, 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 what did you expect? I haven't, I haven't read the books, but I, but I think because I probably met Eve since I was about, like, about to read books, and then I probably was like, Eve, what do you think? And then she's like, but um, I have read her short stories, and I like her writing for short stories. And, yeah. like, I think this the insight into people's lives very quickly. I think her writing is perfect for that. Well, mm. I've not read the book, so I, yeah. okay. Another, no, I agree. Like her short stories are beautiful. Like they're well written. She's good at characterization of short stories. But when she tries to write a novel, like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm being so mean. But like the short stories, because that no people started from a short story of the dentist's waiting room and they meet in the dentist's waiting room. It's such a short story. She developed those characters in a short story, but she didn't develop the characters. She took the characters that she had formed in the short story and put them in a novel format without no development and that's where it lacks any development sorry that was a long rant um i'm gonna piggyback off that i read both the books um i was i'm not i'm like neutral on them i didn't love them i didn't hate them they were fine um i just think there was like a very privileged view of mm-hmm. life in ireland and specifically in terms of like 
finance. Um, yes. And I just, it just annoyed me, especially in normal people. All of, I know miscommunication is like a very big theme throughout all of her like published works, but I think it was so frustrating to read a book where like it could have been cut down to like less than a hundred pages with like one conversation. It was just like, so kind of inaccurate. Cause I know people like are quite, can be quite mis like not, not very good at communication, but like, mm. I think it was just kind of like mind boggling how like someone could be that bad at expressing like yeah. for a course of years. I just felt like that was kind of, it was, it was a struggle to read people just like, continually dismiss their thing their feelings and stuff yeah and also like she is praised like praised beyond belief for her portrayal of natural dialogue and natural speech and i love for south kind of put it i love the fact she doesn't use punctuation the way traditional authors use punctuation i think it the page looks nicer like it's so much better i always hated having loads of punctuation marks and loads of um what do I call quotation marks like um on a page where there's like long writing and I personally love that but her dialogue is nothing to be like praising I don't know like it's very stilted like it's the idea that this is natural conversation it's flow form but no one really talks like that in my experience I don't know maybe it's just where I'm from but like it's very stilted especially in the clips I've seen of the new show Conversation Friends the dialogue is painfully stilted and painfully boring and nothing is really said. And I understand the point is to be like, oh, they're saying what they don't say. But, you know, you're not saying anything. Like, you're not saying actually anything worthwhile. This is a waste of film. Like, I'm sorry, I'm actually bullying them. And I'm not bullying the actors. I'm sure the actors and Sally mm-hmm. herself, and this is like, whatever, it's personal to her and her experience. But like, one of the like clips that I, or one of the bits that I hated and know people was like, like, for example, one of the things is like, Marianne is like in Switzerland or something. And she like has her croissant and coffee and a like, cigarette and like for three days. And like, that's her diet for three days. And it's just this like really romanticization of like this pale, skinny person. And over and over and over again, that's how she's poor. Like, like that's her whole identity at a point of the book is like just her being pale and skinny. It is painful mm. to read. And also, I won't praise her for being revolutionary in the way she respected Irish life. Um, I disagree. Her prose, her idea of like creating this kind of like very like lackluster, almost melancholy Irish thing resonates with nearly every single bit of Irish literature. Like try to find a bit of Irish literature that isn't melancholy. I'll literally dare you because it doesn't exist. Irish literature at heart is like this kind of melancholy, like um, sadness and like normality and like kind of like ordinary life. So I don't think it's revolutionary. I think it's, I think she's talented at portraying that, but I don't think it's revolutionary. And I also don't think her revolutionary uh, depiction of sex is also something to be praised over because it's very basic. I haven't seen the show, but I wish in the first episode of the show, I couldn't bother watching. I'm sorry. People are going to hate me. Well, like any book, I think like any book, like every writer is going to write something different. And yeah. I think like that's up to the writer, but it's the hype sometimes that can be the bigger problem. Yeah, like, yeah that's what it was. Honestly, I'm being so harsh because it's so hyped up. I have a question about the book. Yeah. Because I've never read it and I'm never going to read it because I don't read. I'm yeah, I've never read it but, now, like, <laughs> You know the main no, character? Okay. Is she a com- Eve, I have a question. <laughs> is she a communist? You know the way she's like a communist? Yeah. What no, was she doing in Switzerland? No, like, no, not Marianne. Well, Marianne kind of, but... That's Francis Moore. Francis is the character of Conscious Friends. So why were they in Switzerland? Like well, that's like Ireland, the most expensive place. Why okay. are they doing Carol, Ireland? Carol, two different books. Two different books. Two different books. Okay. Wait, Conversations with Friends has the communists. Normal people has Marianne, who's in Switzerland. Marianne is literally from a wealthy family in Mayo, and also talks about communism. So can I just point out the hypocrisy that Connell's mom is a cleaner for her? That's what they meet. 
So I like one character. Sorry. Communism is a big theme in like all of her books. Sally Rooney is a communist. Like she said. Yeah. Okay. Another unpopular opinion. But she shamed. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm not done. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Keep going. Keep going. She shames like Sally Rooney in, or sorry, Francis in Competition of Friends, like shames working people for working for a communist system while literally living in Dublin off her parents' money and doesn't acknowledge that fact. And that's what irritates me. You can create a flawed character as long as it's acknowledged that they're flawed. But Sally Reed doesn't seem to acknowledge these characters are flawed. These are characters are depictions of almost like, I don't want to say herself, but like, <laughs> I, I actually can't, I wouldn't, I'm not saying don't read the books. I, I would actually recommend the books to read. I actually would. No, because they're beautifully written. She's talented at writing. Read her short stories. I think because you know I I've always seen reading as a form of broadening your perspective and changing your ideas. So to challenge yourself with a book that maybe you don't agree with is also something that you can read. Like for English this year, we had to watch this stupid film called Unforgiven as a Western, and I hated it, and I was like very much hating it. And then I watched a video on YouTube that was called How Unforgiven Changed the or Temporary End of the Western Genre. Watch the video, completely change my perspective on the film. Still have my original complaints with the film, but now I can see the film from a different light. Reading is a way of expanding your perspective and challenging your own ideas. So I, I would recommend to read the book even if you don't like maybe like it. It's beautifully written and she's a talented writer and it can maybe like will give you another perspective or maybe you'll disagree with me. I'm not saying don't read the book. I would read the book if I was you. Yeah, like I will say I've never read <laughs> Sally Rooney. I've heard a lot about it from Eve. I've never read <laughs> Sally Rooney. Yeah. Um, on like the topic of Irish tragedy, yeah, like most Irish literature, it is about tragedy. Do you, if you want an Irish tragedy read (laughs) philadelphia here i come (laughs) which is a play and which is a studied work for the leaving cert and oh my god i can defend that though i could defend why that book is actually good like oh no i can defend the writing and i can defend Mm -hmm. the realism realism of it i just hated writing about the main character he annoyed me so much (laughs) oh my god entire world and like no for me the ironic thing was the movie that we studied had like a character and her life was actually like that. Like she had a difficult life. We need to compare the two of them. And I was like, Gar, you create all of your own problems, Gar. But it isn't a bad play, in all fairness. I would say. Yeah. Really. Uh, and That's the other thing is, do you want guys, like, can we, like, okay, I know how tempting romanticizing tragedy is. And everyone loves to do it because it's easy to do. But it would be so nice to see an author, like, romanticize, like, wellness again. Does that make any sense? Like, romanticize getting better. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. so many books and it's just, like, tragic, skinny white girl and, like, she's so sad and, like, it's... I mean, it's it's very Tumblr 2013, but, like... Yes. I think it would be nice for once to, like, romanticise getting better and actually being happy rather than romanticising being sad all the time. Do you know what I mean? You know, because that's... Can I give you a recommendation? Behavior. Yes. Okay. This is, like, if you want a good book series that are fun, I think especially if you're a girl, honestly, I want to these books to have fun. But it's called The Sister of the Traveling Pants, and they're a book series that came out in the early 2000s. I don't know if anyone's ever read them or seen the movie, but they are the most beautiful, most fun, most real depictions of teenage girlhood that I've read. They're very, like, light and, um, like, frothy and fun, but they have this, like, real, like, heart to them. Like, they're they're books with substance and they she really like portrays the sort of like duality of teenagehood and like how like girls can have fun and like be enjoy fashion and like whatever that kind of like frothiness of like t- typical like teen novels was also like these like deep undercurrents of like identity and like mental illness and 
um, like change and like how friendship like changes with time. And they're a set of like, I think there's five of them and they're my favorite books ever. Um, there's a few things that I like, okay, you know, artist has humor that's like not funny. Like that, like kind of like that like humor you see in the drama girl sounds like where they're talking about like, you know, like, yeah, okay, I feel like everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, but like, and you're like, that's actually not funny. But they have the things of that, like the very first page is like, okay, what? But the actual storylines are so good. The characters are beautiful and they're just like this really fun. I sob over them. Like I actually sob over them. They're so good. But yeah, if you want like a fun summer read, I would 100% recommend them. Okay. In my very quick unpopular opinion, very, very quick, Sorry. is that all of my friend group are watching Love Island and I just... <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's it, that's it. I had to bring it in it, and yeah, that's it. I have an unpopular yeah. opinion. It's not, it kind of even reminded me of Unforgiven. Um, you know, The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> yeah. It's right? way, 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 way better than the book. And I was watching a um, a video essay on it, and it's how Miranda Priestly is just not that bad of a person at all. And I completely agree with it yeah. after watching. No, it's like mm-hmm. not like obviously she's not like a bad person, but the whole like concept of it is that she's like the worst boss, like, she's, like Ever. awful person, Ever. everyone hates her. And in the book, that is the case, and that's like the difference between the two is that in the book, the character like Andy genuinely hates Miranda Priestly, and she's like an awful boss and she's just a terrible person like she's literally the devil incarnate but in the movie mm. she's literally like she's kind of portrayed that way at the same time but the whole like concept of the movie is that she's really just doing everything she can to protect the magazine and it's nothing is being done to preserve her and then andy is way better developed in the film as a character and she actually like the whole concept of the ending of the film is like oh everyone wants to be us and like that's like the big line in the film and then andy gets up and like runs away dramatically but like I think, yeah, that movie is so much better in the book. And Rana Priestley is actually a girl boss building her vampire, and she's not a bad person at all. Um, I'm going to add as well. Also, the divorce and everything, they humanize her a lot more in the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, Queen, um, she said she's having lunch with Eyebrows Christian Thompson, and she makes a very poignant um, statement in that if Miranda Priestley was a man, no one would say anything about her except mm-hmm. her work ethic. Exactly. And that's so like frame and it and put that on the cover bosses have there mm. been that were men you know at the, top? Sam, the man guys just leave it oh my god <laughs> yes <laughs> first Great thing that movie. pops into my head um, Devil's Proud is the best movie it is incredible one of my favorite movies ever anyways I am going to say that my unpopular opinion, and this is not an opinion that Amy likes but <gasps> I could not get into oh yeah no I disagree I <laughs> like I you know is it me because I was saying I am the kind of person where like unless I'm really hooked immediately I do have to have like someone beside me to like watch the first like five or six episodes and then like graduate yeah, I don't watch TV on my own. just felt so slow and I was like oh and I just watched like two episodes and then I just couldn't go past that I couldn't get into it sorry okay. guys on a point, you know, Rohan have you watched the last two episodes that came out today I did I haven't I haven't I'm I'm not gonna say days. anything I'm underwhelmed Oh no, don't have that about to watch them, bro. Honestly. You might enjoy them, it's just me personally. Also, how know. long are they? How long is um, it? The first one is an hour and a half, second one is like two and a half hours. They're like movies. Oh, yeah, I was wow. expecting, like, me and mm. my girlfriends, we watched them together, and she came over at 11 a.m., and we were expecting her to, because she's leaving for France tomorrow, so we were expecting her to leave at like, maybe like two ish. She was here until like 
literally like 10 minutes before five they were so long okay that's my unpopular opinion (laughs) actually okay okay okay. my i wait my unpopular opinion everything is so long like every album is two hours every tv show is every movie is three hours and it's like i don't don't, need to be three hours no it's just so frustrating i think it started with um infinity war and endgame which deserves to yeah, be that long that was insane they were necessary i think like i don't really have a problem with that, but... no, no, that, that was well yeah but i think that kind of like catapulted yeah, harry potter and things were so they needed to be that long titanic also yeah like that, some... in the 90s. that was i agree that that breed yeah and now every tv show is like three hours per episode and it's like what do you usually watch in girl? Because I have nothing to think <laughs> That was an exaggeration. Okay, maybe okay? like an hour and a half. Hyperbole. Um 50 minutes. Yeah, I'm sick of going to the cinema at like six and coming out the next day. You know what I mean? It's like so dark and it's like, oh new character in your life, you know. Like, Wait, do you know what movie deserves to be three hours? The Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Batman. no, I cannot. I okay, I'm not being I hate, I hate all superhero movies. I hate them. They're I awful. Like super movies, but that movie was I just. I hate a... all them. It didn't feel like three hours to me. It didn't. It, it didn't. didn't. It's no. an amazing movie. Sorry, I would say unpopular opinion. I guess that because I think it's a little bit like you, but like okay, I do like superhero movies. I get that like the comics have like loads of superheroes and they act and interact with each other loads and all this kind of crack. I preferred the Avenger movies. Not that I didn't like Infinity War. I preferred when there was like less people to focus on. Do you know what I mean? Because I was just there going, who the hell is this now? And I don't like I actually, this too. I just Do you like superhero movies? And can I just say they're all becoming the same plot lines? Yeah, genuinely. Yeah. I... And also the new Doctor Strange, I saw it. They're gone crazy on CGI and they've got no plot or good That's what they're okay. That's my main complaint, right? Is people praise these movies so much for having a good soundtrack in CGI. Those are not good movies. You take away yeah. the CGI yeah. in the soundtrack and you have the worst acting you've ever seen ever in my entire life. A horrible dialogue, like horrible, and the most basic, we're like recycled plot lines over and over again. Yeah. Like boring. And also, costuming isn't that great either. The plot line is just big bad guy appears, New York gets destroyed <laughs> and it's saved. And yeah. Like, yeah, we saved that was- city. And Manhattan's like a big crater. Like, I just it. Yeah. <laughs> Carol is traumatized along the way. That's something you forgot about the plot line. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah, terrifying. Okay. Yushi, what's your like opinion? <laughs> we need a Yushi. Hey, <laughs> okay, I've been looking for a chance to jump in, but you guys are, are very engaged in conversation. <laughs> so, anyway, what I was going to say was the thing that turns me off a movie straight away is um love triangles i hate love triangles so bloody much because they're so predictable for one okay Mm -hmm. and also they're never triangles those those are those do not count as triangles it's just one one girl two guys that is a b that is a greater than (laughs) that is not a triangle yeah i have opinion as well is that i don't like friends the show it's boring i'm five episodes in god i hate it boring i okay my problem see with sitcoms is that you hear them clapping and you hear them laughing and that means there's a live audience. And when there's a live audience, you have to keep feeding the live audience with jokes. So there's never any moments of like sadness or like poignancy. There always has to be a joke thrown in to like make like to engage the live audience, which I just find like just cheapens the atmosphere and cheapens the plot line. And Friends is like boring and the characters are really annoying, especially Ross. I only watched like the first season and I was like, I can't watch anymore. It's so annoying. This is a psychopath, genuinely. Oh. I watched a video essay, a three hour long video. That's the one thing. <laughs> I'll say that it's yeah, fine to be long. I think a video that's hateful can be three hours, <laughs> but they were just like tearing. Can you hear me? 
Yeah. Okay, sorry, my audio went. Um, like they were just like this. He did this, and he did this, and he did this, and I was like, this man is actually insane. And I agree. Well, do you know what that show gave Jennifer Aniston her head start in her career? So that's what <laughs> I, I watching. I, <laughs> I like it as like a background thing that's going. Yeah. On. No, I see that. Yeah. Yeah, I get, I get exactly. that. Just to, like, exactly. Just like some corny jokes while I'm doing literally one. anything else. Yeah. Has I, anyone not given an unpopular opinion? We're much better at this part of the podcast. <laughs> We're just really, really good at giving out what, what I said about the <laughs> but like I actually like I'm not okay. I just don't recommend. I do recommend. Okay, never mind. I'm not gonna say anymore. I just feel bad. I feel like I bashed her for like yep. two hours. No, no, you have to get it off your chest. I respect and- her as a woman, as an author, and I think she's making great strides in her field. But I just don't personally like the characters in particular, and I don't think anyone should idolize them the way they're idolized. Brilliantly concise. Um, I just want to add very quickly onto the superhero movie conversation. <laughs> I am a huge comic book fan, and I've Amy will be my witness. I've read comic books since I was like two. Um, oh, like I'm a huge comic book <laughs> fan. Posters everywhere and books everywhere. But I think specifically with Marvel movies, they're so focused on like cameos and including so many people. And it just takes mm-hmm. away from any storyline and any like characters that are already developed. They're just focused on like this character is in it and this character. And just like having so many cameos. I think Doctor Strange was a big like people were expecting so many cameos. And it's just like that's all people expect now from Marvel movies or just movies yeah. in general. A bunch of cameos references. And it just is a bit tiring. I'm yeah. so sorry to drag out this conversation even further. But what Rose said about the new Spider-Man, I, everyone was like, oh my God, that was the best thing I've ever seen. I did not like that movie. I like the first Spider-Man with Tom Holland because I just love Tom Holland in general and Zendaya. Like, they're just a good couple. And like, the first one, I adored couple. Homecoming. Second one, no, but they're like, they have good chemistry and like the movie and everything. And the second one's good. The third one, it was like, everyone's like, well, I don't want to spoil it now just in case someone hasn't seen it. But the big, the big like excitement of it, I was like, okay. <laughs> Like right, like I don't um, care. Like I thought, no, I thought it was very underwhelming. It had three is, like very big action scenes, and that was the entire film. That was it. I liked it. I it had less action scenes. Yeah, actually. exactly, Amy. I think it very much developed characters, and like it was very emotion driven, and that's. I think it was refreshing for yeah. a superhero. Movie. For me, exactly. it actually felt like the most <laughs> human <laughs> superhero movie in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it felt like. Like I, what I liked is a addressing the fact that actions have consequences, and then b yeah. again it felt like it was driven by like actual emotion, like people felt things, which I liked. Again, like I liked, I liked the cameo. I thought it was fun. I thought it was exciting. You know, I know I literally just complained like thirty seconds ago about <laughs> people like superhero movies having too many superheroes in them, but I liked. But it was that, like you know, it was a, it was a meaningful one. If you know yeah. what I mean, because it wasn't like this superhero is coming into this superhero movie, which they're not supposed to be in. It was like, mm-hmm. oh no, oh, everything. Who was it that said it was like overhyping? <laughs> it was. I think the movie was so overhyped for me that I was like, I was kind of underwhelmed with it. I was just like, yeah, yeah it was good. And like, I, it wasn't my favorite movie ever, but it's not my favorite Marvel movie at all. Yeah, I think it was. No. It was like grand movie. I was like, okay, yeah. The hype train ruins every piece of media. Yeah. Everything. Oh you yeah. Have such high expectations. Someone who's never watched like any superhero movies, I'm very sorry. I'm going to throw in another unpopular opinion and it is completely unrelated to what all of you are talking about. But um, <laughs> I, hate, I hate Netflix rom-coms. I'm going to watch them every time. But, oh, um, God, they're so good. They, 
they try to put in a bit of character development, but by the end, they just forget about all of it. They just go back to like toxic relationships, keep on romanticizing. Um, yeah, but they're that. not supposed to be good movies, are they? They're just I love them. The best I love to have someone who like enjoys talking to films, which I love, and you just sit there like bashing it the entire time. When we have friends that we did like, like you know, in the kissing booth, like one of them, like he goes to Harvard. The amount of times that you could see Harvard, like. Just like, I don't want to say stop, but like do something because they're like, oh my God, it's so funny. Like they're so badly done. She did not deserve. (laughs) (laughs) She did not deserve. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of, um, a lot of the main characters in these rom-coms don't deserve the the colleges that they end up going to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They like wrote one essay that's like really bad and they're like oh my god hi red welcome <laughs> i'm sorry in, in, the, in the kissing i'm gonna take the kissing booth as an example um if you haven't watched it don't bother it's not worth it anyway um so but like she mentions liking video games once and that becomes her career path i don't know where that came from she's like a podcast about video games like where did that come from also, they had three viewers that Unlike book us. is written by an irish author and she wrote about American schools because she thought Ireland was too boring. This is true. She said that in an interview. No, I mean, fair enough if you're straight and like, because most of the Irish schools are going to be like, oh, girl, okay. girls okay. only, boys only. Can I just say, have... because I feel like I'm bashing Irish people the entire time. There are so many good movies and TV shows and um, books based from Irish people that are so good. Like, my favorite movie, one of the movies is, um, actually, okay, can I put you a really good movie? I know we talked about Heart Super earlier. I haven't seen Heart Super. But, um, oh, Handsome Devil is such a good movie. It's so good. It's set in Ireland. It's set in a good rugby school. It's about these two characters. One, he gets kind of bullied for being gay and the school, and it's all boys, like, rugby school. Like, you know, kind of what I'm talking about, yeah. And it's such a beautiful plot, and it's so well done. And I just love that movie. It's called Handsome Devil. It's on Netflix. And also Sing Street, another Irish film. Brilliant film. Yeah. So good. One really pretty Irish film. There's uh, uh, Irish books. I read a bunch of them last year. They're really good. Like, I feel like I've been bashing Irish authors and Irish filmmakers for ages. Belfast is so good. Like, there's so many good Irish things that you guys want to get into reading more Irish literature or watching Irish films. Because so yeah. One of Marvel's old, like, head illustrators from the court. There you go. For their comics, he was core. There you go. Off King. This isn't quite about Irish literature, but can I just ask a question? American skits, because okay, this confuses me about American movies. Like, I know no one wants to watch three hours of someone sitting down studying like AP calculus or anything, but like, is it just me or do they just seem to like not work at all in school? Spend all their time having, and then it's like, welcome like literally it's like welcome to harvard and i'm like names when like yeah literally like euphoria no one did any work and then um oh just forgot her name but maude apatow's character oh um oh my god wait i literally was oh my god lexi lexi Lexi, yeah yeah. girl wrote one poem and they were like she's so bookish she's so literature (laughs) No, she's literally in that. She wrote the poem and like, they gave the entire school's budget to make a play. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, what school would allow that play to happen? What school would allow any of you for it to happen? I'm not even joking <laughs> right now. <laughs> the only TV shows that actually show characters doing work is like Gomer Girls and Dawson's Creek. And even then, it's like the bare minimum of work. Do you know what I mean? It's just like they're studious. You just know they're studious. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's like their own, one of their own. Just a character trait. Yeah. What I liked was like, um, have any, has anyone seen Booksmart? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. What am I saying? I'm going to be like, you're easy at Don't Gabby. I was thinking of Ed 17. Sorry. I think, I think I've got the right movie in my head. Beanie Feldstein. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Like, okay. Not that it shows them studying it or anything, but it did like touch upon the fact that you actually have to do work to get into these colleges. <laughs> do you know what I mean? As opposed to like, I'm going to write one essay about. Like, 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 this is literally like these movies. The character does something terrible. Like, they treat everyone they know terribly. They go, oh, wait, that was bad. They write an essay about it. And it's like, we will see you in Berkeley next year. Because <laughs> like, her whole thing was that, like, she, like, worked so hard for all of, like, high school. Yeah. And, like, didn't party or, like, you know, do anything romantic or anything like that. So she essentially goes crazy when she finds out that she does get in um which that start it's not spoiler um like because they have one day left or whatever um so that's like the concept but yeah that's like the closest thing to people actually being like no it's it's supposed to be hard yeah yeah because yeah. like oh. as, like anyone i know and i know there are different college entrance systems and everything and like you're, you're like obviously it's only points here so like no extracurriculars no interviews no essays or anything but like literally anyone i know who's got into like I suppose like a really high points course and stuff like has literally spent like the last like year or two like walking around like a zombie like do you know what yeah. I mean you know and then you see these American shows and they're like I'm going to like a party four times a week who's holding these parties four times a week as well is my other question um, and on a weeknight why are those yeah and then they're in like Yale and I'm just like I don't know um, very confused one piece of media that I think is very good for showing work ethic and how hard it is to get into things but also it's kind of lighthearted. <laughs> um, Legally Blonde, which she gets to, <laughs> no, she no, gets to her. No, 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 I disagree. I was Your going to say that. No. I hate Legally Blonde. I hate. Um, I hate you, Eve. Okay. I hate you. <laughs> so bad. It is the, the most fakest depiction of feminism I've ever seen in my entire life. I hate it, and I hate it because she wins the court case with like her own knowledge, and like that's why she's amazing because she brings her own like virtues into the courtroom. That's a complete fluke, babe. Try your next courtroom and go into the courtroom saying, oh, yeah, she got you, you dyed her hair last week. Like, it's a, oh, my God, no, I hate Lady Blonde. I'm sorry. because no, she made her, she was like, you have to leave her hair after you get a perm, is that right? And she was like, yes. And then she's like, I meant to kill her. But that's absolutely, like, <laughs> like, that's never going to happen again. How did you know exactly. she was guilty? It's a moment in history. No, it's never it's gonna the happen end of again. it. It's what she's no, walking down the No, I hate Lady Blonde. I'm sorry. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's bad. It's no, you know she was guilty. Here. Any I Cosmo think, girl would have known. Um, so <laughs> true, Elle was. So true, Elle was. And when okay, she, do we have... When she in wait, Eve on two, I want to say one more thing. Red, white, and pink. Okay, one more thing. <laughs> in, in like, I know we're talking to Danny earlier, but it's always love for right? The character, like, gets into, like, these schools. And I never heard of them. They're in America somewhere. I don't know where they are. You know, they're in, like, Mariana or something. I don't know. Some place in America. And the movies, the ones Netflix produced, they're, like, college I've never heard of, turn into, like... NUI, NYU and like Berkeley like they're not like they change the like because colleges like pay them to put them in so like these characters like in the book like are getting to like average colleges and like whatever and then the movie just like complete like extraordinary like height and everything and make them like I use like these crazy top schools with no work also my last point of our opinion there is no relief in vision of the there it doesn't end relief in the there it keeps going and the well, said that we're all walking around in zombies for the last two years and that's the truth because it doesn't end there's no relief in vision of the there there is none oh yeah I woke up like the day after my last exam and was like <gasps> like like gasping why aren't I learning every day I've had nightmares about the lady <laughs> seven CEO last night I had like at least at least three nightmares at the CEO 
and the computer crashing and people getting it and I I like I'm traumatized I haven't left like when I've been to Venice but like I have my room besides that like I literally like I not nothing is real this is not this is why you don't make a system that's solely awards meritocracy yeah and also like can I point out like every year this is why I always say the beings are is every year there are times like just like capitalize off the leaving cert so much and like produce like a hundred articles about the leaving cert and there's always articles not just in our times and those people like in schools like do it too like, like the students who get six five points and they interview them and they're like yeah it's actually fine like I had a social life like I went to play hurting every weekend like I did so much stuff it's like just because you're academically smart like if you're getting six five points and you're literally just going out the weekend and then partying and playing hurling like you cannot sit there and go yeah it's fine like you have a social life like I'm like hoping for like five to five fifty and I literally was in the library for 12 hours a day like every day like you cannot you just know this thing is social life so if you ever read those articles or students are like yeah it was fine know that a if I went to public school and two they're just authentic smart and it's just not the media needs to interview like more diverse students as well because people have different types of learning and financial takes so much of the leaving of the school exams to into the well, oh my god I love the Irish Times articles that are like how to take care of your your child that is doing the leaving start it's like go for a walk maybe maybe eat some healthy food um, have you tried exercise <laughs> I no can I like have a criticize as well because this annoys me so much the length of okay I know everyone like wants to get an exam as soon as possible. I think English and Irish exams are too short for what you're given. History. I think they're way too short. History, I didn't do, but like Geography. from what I've heard, it's ridiculous. Like I know myself, like in regular years, like trying to finish those papers, like the reason it's so hard to get H1 in English and all these sites are like, it's so hard to get H1 in English because your grammar and spelling has to be great. You okay. must use good descriptive language. BS. It's so hard to get H1 in English because no one finishes the paper like I just that frustrates me so much I'm like it's supposed to be an exam about like creativity and stuff like that's the whole point of paper one and then you've no time to finish it on my paper one English I literally had like was finishing up the essay I did an essay about education right and the power of learning or whatever and I was literally writing as Tara Wessler once said quotation mark let's put in the most beautiful quote ever and she took it off me and I was like I'm not done like give me like 30 seconds to write this quote like I was devastated that was the first exam and also history like history is insane like I have never understood it because they lie to you and they're like oh it's two pages per essay not true pictures my paragraphs to get a h1 you have to have at least nine plus at least nine plus paragraphs which is like five six pages of writing it's insane it's two hours and 50 minutes not even two hours and like 50 or 30 like three hours it's two hours and 50 minutes and like I have written Every single essay, I've done every single practice essay in Irish history. Every single one of them have practiced it. Gone a H1 and all my essays over the past two years, every single one, have worked like insanely hard, consistently hard, and I didn't finish my my paper. And I was literally sobbing, crying. And it's like, that is so not fair. That, like your like ability to analyze, interpret, like give an argument, back it up, like provide insight, provide information, give detail, give quotes, your essay reading to be measured in that short space of time it's ridiculous like it's actually ridiculous even with the adjustments like before the adjustments I couldn't have done it and even with the adjustments it's like I do not it's a speed test it's a speed test and like history for I I know other like dog essays and like those were sort of essays but 
history like is insane and like you know the tiktok girl ashton walsh everyone was following on tiktok the one i was like talking about studying she was like oh yeah i learned off eight history essays and i was like sitting there and like stunned because first off i don't think you should learn off history essays because you have to be able to adapt the information to the title on the day and second off to me eight is not a lot because i've literally done every single practice essay over the past 10 years plus ones i have never prepped before like and i still didn't have time to finish it like that's so evil to me like i don't care what i get in any other subject but history was like my favorite subject ever and like it's so not fair that I just because of the fact that I can't write fast and my hand like the morning I was on three outputs on the exam because my hand was so sore because I had all I had I had seven exams over four days so my hand was really aching I had pins and needles when I woke up that morning my whole arm was like pins and needles I could not like barely write it that day I had French as well earlier in the day and I couldn't even write fast enough I was on three outputs trying to kill the pain in my arm it's still sore I literally still can't write it because my arm was so sore I don't know what's wrong with it but I literally couldn't write and they couldn't write fast enough, and that's so annoying. The pinky sort of like, finger is still swollen. Yeah, I, I, know, like, I think right, no. like my arm, like it's so bad. And then everyone's like, it's is, over. Yeah, I think some of these are so silly. Like they're supposed to be tests of what you know, not how fast can you write down what you know. Yeah, like do you know, I mean, how you give that know. knowledge, how you can communicate that knowledge as well. And like not even just like what you've learned off, like as a test. It should be how you can communicate yeah. the knowledge you learned off. Can I say the other thing as well? What is the point of having the leaving cert span three weeks when you put all oh the required when you put all the required subjects and all the incredibly popular subjects into a little five day block? Like I was like done in eight days. I had seven exams over four days. By my last exam, I literally was like, I want to die. I did. I didn't study for my last exam. Didn't study for it. I could not study for it. I could not sit down and study for it. Mm. I came home from my history exam. Lay on my floor. I fell asleep and taught my art notes because I was so tired. I did not save my art exam at all. Like just didn't. Couldn't do it. Like you're so. I couldn't have gone on to the last day as well. Like I'm not saying that people who got on to the last day or like had their exam spaced out had it easier because I don't think it did. But like having seven exams over four days, like I would rather have had it over like the two weeks than having it over that short span yeah. of time. Like that was insane. Like I've never felt more stressed in my entire life. I'm like so it's ridiculous. On a point like that you were saying there, um, I just saw this quote and I thought like it just thought of it when you said it. Um, and it was that I can't remember who said it now, but that we have currently like in the world, and I think it just relates to the leaving cell system so much and what you were just saying, is that we have an abundance of information, but we're starving of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it's so true, like you were saying, you don't get time to think, you don't get time to critically analyze, you don't get time to like communicate the wisdom, um, mm-hmm. or like what you've learned. And I think but you do have time to like or what they want you to do is like wrote learn off and like regurgitate so much information um so yeah I think that's that would just yeah stood out to me. it's so true okay any final didn't get to say something in that space time sorry for my leaving do not finish the episode anyone stop. have it to say and the Department of Education. Burn it to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Nice message. No, like, okay, I found this history teacher on Instagram and he like does all this, he's like an examiner, he corrects exam scripts, he's been teaching for 30 years. He emailed Nora Foley being like, I think you should, you know, keep the current adjustments for history in place. Even I think they're a bit like, like, they're still not good enough in my opinion, but he thinks that they should keep in place for next year because I pity anyone, Amy, yourself, coming in not doing junior cert and having to do the old leaving cert system for history because it is insane but anyways so he wrote email to her posted the response that he got the response he got was an automated response saying that the sec does the curriculum and does the exams not normally couldn't even bother to respond and say thank you for emailing me i'll read this personally and get on to the sc myself 
literally passed on the blame and passed on the responsibility. Like that's our system right now. Like, that is the way the education system is, is passing I'm on the like, responsibility and passing on the blame. I'm scared for like the English and history exam because like, or even just that kind of stuff because I haven't, like I've done exams through like, yeah, like, you know, school exams where like we've had the teachers will give you your exam and like they've been just so much shorter. These teachers have let us like, they've shortened the course and everything. So I've never done like an exam where it's like you should do everything you've done for the last three years and put it all into two hours. Yeah. We've never had yeah. that practice. Yeah. yeah, I will say like I'm with Eve in that. I think to be honest, even if you had done a junior search, I think it's chronically unfair having the new junior search and the old leaving search system together because there is yeah. no comparison. Mm. I did three no subjects comparison. in the new um in the new junior search system. Comparing them to how the leaving search is, like you really can't. Like I do think it's ridiculous what they've done with the junior search personally. Um, no. but here we are, you know, but especially considering that they left the leaving cert the way it is, like even in English, the difference between the, like they wanted like a page of a thing and they were like no don't go over kind of a thing to like bang out 10 pages minimum is just yeah. ridiculous yeah, in my I think like, and they want also with this year with the adjustments they wanted a higher standard so with history like it was like normally you can get away with like doing or like people if you don't finish they have sympathy if you don't finish this year it was like you have to write more like you're these adjustments are meant to make it easier for us when actually in reality they expected more like that was what we were told is to write more to do more to write more and what's insane is my pre we did the old system or not the old system but like the original adjustments we did it in my pre and then we did an obviously leaving adjustments in the actual leaving cert but in my pre in english i managed to do in a fellow essay a comparative essay with five different features comparative modes and a um poetry essay and the only thing i didn't finish the poetry essay i barely got it finished in my actual leaving cert with the new adjustments and everything i actually only got um, the poetry essay like nearly done and the comparative essay only I got three features of comparative modes which is so rare for me from going to five features three features even though I had more time in the actual day it's just because of my arm being literally so sore like I don't think yeah. that's actually fair no. no I'm gonna say like wait what was I gonna say <sighs> oh, <come> on. <laughs> Carol did you have something to say I did for anyone <laughs> That worked on paper <laughs> for anyone that worked on paper two English and the economics paper. Sleep with one eye open. <laughs> my no? final what? I like paper two English. Whoever wrote that paper deserves to nothing but rich. eternal I'm suffering. Okay, <laughs> that no, was torture. Yeah, question being an Brilliantly delivered, Carol. So I was I was sobbing over the lack of my girly Elizabeth Bishop. First of all, I did, like I no, like. Okay, why? Oh my! There were so many aspects to Rich's question. I was like, there's like that was five that was hard. Make your. I was like, what the hell? It keeps on going. Like it isn't done yeah. yet. No, that's why no. I was scared. So I the chemistry paper. The chemistry paper. <laughs> I heard about this, Gabby. I heard yeah. about this, and my what, heart was what? with you. What the bejesus? Like, no, genuinely, I feel like it went adjustments. Ah, we'll make the paper twice as hard as a regular year. Like last year's paper as well. Wasn't fun, wasn't fun. But this year, question six. Okay, let's. Question mm-hmm. six is organic chemistry. And I like organic chemistry. Okay. It's a nice part of the chemistry course once you get it. It was the most niche, obscure bits of organic chemistry I've ever seen in my life. I was looking at you going, well, I can't answer that. No water, not a drop that. of water. Um, <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> Spend three days learning water, not a drop in. Um, so I am raging. 
Overwatch happened the chemistry day. It was like history as well. They like phrase the questions like in the normally history you have a document and then like a short half essay on like a like a certain case study. And this year the case study question was the current controversy and other issues. So like am I meant to write about like other case studies or not? And then the way they phrase the questions, like also, can I just point out? Hundred years ago, since my Colin side, never been on paper by himself, and they didn't even have the actual respect to put him on the paper this year. The hundred anniversary of his death, I nearly cried for him. I actually doubted, like that's Eva. And then the way they phrased the question, like the one I did for European history, was how Italy and Germany embraced dictatorship, which is like kind of an odd way of saying Hitler and Mussolini's rise to power. Do you know what I mean? The way they phrased the questions was like downright evil. And I don't know why. Even the very first question, the document question is like the first like four questions are like you take a copy paste from the document. They're so easy. It's 20 marks. It's so easy. It's brilliant. The very first question the document wasn't in the document. Like it wasn't there. I was like, what? Because like they're normally so easy. Just take a new copy and paste. It wasn't there. Like I swear it wasn't there. And I came back, my friend, my new friend, I came afterwards. I was sobbing. I was just like, what's the question there? And she's like, it wasn't there. And I was like, what is going on? It was so cool. Oh my God. I'm, I'm so glad you got a chance to just rant about the leaving, sir. I think yeah, it needed right, to be done. So long. Like long no, episode. I think it, it had to be done. That's How what this book club was. Can I say the fact that the leaving cert brings people to tears after the Nightmares. exam? That you do see people cry. And that like years later, people are talking about like, oh, the leaving cert. Oh, Jesus, that was all traumatic. Mm. Like, does that not say something about the way that we've done it? My video you know? came over to me after my history exam. This is like, I was in every day, two exams every day. So she saw me like every day. And like, I can't, like, if anyone knows me, like my face betrays me. Like, I can't have my emotions ever. And like, German English exam is three hours long. I need to pee so badly. But I hadn't finished my agenda and reached essay. So I was like... <laughs> Like, I literally was making the most honest faces ever. But anyways, after my history exam, she came over to me because there was, like, five of us in the exam hall, like, in the massive exam hall, like, cafeteria. And she was like, are you all right? And I was like, oh, like you're very hard on yourself, aren't you? I was like, how do you know me? Like, I was like, you know, you've just seen me doing my exams. And you're like, you're very hard on yourself, aren't you? I was like, babe, like, listen, like, what do you want from me? And she was like, you need to be more kind to yourself. I was like... Girlie, this is not me being hard on myself. This is the SEC being mean to me. Like, they're being hard on me. Like, not the way around. Um, I was a exam attendant for the month. Um, it was, I was just, uh, How did that, did you go? I'm going to be honest. I just kind of sat and read or sat on my phone. So it was nice. fine. Nice. But it was very interesting to see, like, that this current six years come out and be like, oh, I didn't finish it. Like, oh, that was so tough with the adjustments. Mm-hmm. And then me doing it next year, I skipped TY. I don't have a junior cert, and like, why would you do that? <laughs> and so I'm just like scared. Is the only adjective. <laughs> my my theory for this year. I'm not gonna year, you. It is home. My theory is that what they did is since last year, gosh, everyone got like 643 points without ever opening a book because they all did their continuous <laughs> assessment and they all got the courses they wanted, and no, they're like, didn't. oh. They were like, well, no, sorry. They all deferred to our year, so we have to compete with them. But I think what they did this year is they're like, don't worry, guys. You'll get all the adjustments you want. But we're going to do everything in our power (laughs) to make you want. Sorry, like that's it. No, they did. They did. (laughs) And it worked. It worked, guys. It worked. Can I point out? Can I also point out that after going through all of that horror and all of that literal stress, nightmares, tears, literal mental breakdowns every single day, about five packs a day, they didn't decide that they're not going to release results until September 
second and then have the absolute gall to say it's earlier than last year babe it's three days earlier than last year it's three weeks later than it normally is and they have the nerve to say it's three days earlier or it's earlier than last year it's shocking first off they're using the deferred exams as an excuse they're using the lack of examiners there's 26 or no 4,000 examiners in the country that's not a lack of examiners in my opinion and second off I read something today that says for complex leaving the subjects examiners get through about five scripts a day that's a lie because I literally follow an examiner at the history on Instagram who was saying he did way more than five a day so like why are they literally lying and honestly I can't stand her like I know I don't want to talk about politics whatever I don't really like I'm not gonna be like bashing one person because I just think you know everyone's pers- but I cannot stand her she needs to get a grip if she thinks that she is doing anything for the leaving system in this country she's wrong because the way she talks about it the way she said yeah well it's earlier than last year it's because it's deferred exams it's because of COVID no it's not like you're lazy and you don't want to like also 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 nothing it takes a week it takes six days for their actual CEO offers coming out for the points it's numbers there's no reason there's nothing to, like there's nothing that takes time of putting out the offers the offers are coming out the same day you put the numbers in it's all number based it's a computer who does it it's not even people who do it. it's computers I'm ranting I'm sorry can I can I just make a point okay like, Gabby well, last point go okay. sorry <laughs> No, no, I just got so into ease around. I've completely forgot my point now. Where, where, where is my point? My point is something about the leaving search. Four words of Foley is book. over party. Norma Foley, education, schools. Charles is distracting me when he's like, like the stuff he's typing into chat. Like Italiano um, and Italian at the same time. Yes, yes. Hashtag Norma Foley is over party. Cancel Norma Foley. I'm just stop this right now. <laughs> yeah no like I do think in all fairness I mean what would I say you know like oh, yeah I mean if we got the adjustments <laughs> and we're all here going like ah yeah. like on a regular year okay. what would that be like yeah I just I okay. Okay. We last message we actually did because we missed so much school we I know it sounds like a cop out but we actually did miss so much school if you think of it like normally with history right you do four like topics we got we did three topics and we barely finished the topics and my teacher was like an amazing teacher so like we significantly miss school and also i think the motivation i've never seen class classes more unmotivated in my entire life my teachers were saying like for history you have to do a project it's 20 percent of your whole exam you get like two years to do the project two years to perfect to get 100 max 20 percent of this project you get like it's it's amazing you're such a great that you can do it over and over again until it's perfect i'd say half my class like i have a class of 16 students didn't do it just gave up 20% of their max, did not care, handed in like the bare minimum. One of them just plagiarized an entire book. There's, and like, the history course, like, everyone says history course is the best thing to do for college because it's so good at like teaching how to like research and like how to like um, do footnoting and uh, reference and find, like uh, analyze and critique and, and put it all in a, in a point of view and with, with a perspective. But like, if you can't even be bothered to do something that you have two years to perfect that's a red flag of the motivation of the students this year like even in art art even like we had like we had a very generous art uh like thing and even that was intense but like you have 10 weeks to do we had 10 weeks to do one project and one book and like she was giving us like you know like if you miss with COVID you can get an extension and stuff so we got a three we got a week extension because she had COVID even though she was up for two weeks red flag anyways 
extension and like part of that extension included like uh, outside classes because we couldn't uh the classes that we had like of the week that were on we didn't actually have art during that time it was like the week that also the week that we got like was a wednesday thursday friday and then saturday sunday and then Monday, like Monday, tuesday like it included the weekend which obviously we're not on school for the weekend so we uh we got we had to like come back after school like on wednesday or whatever and like people just didn't show up even though it was like 60% of their exam, just didn't come. Like, it was the most unmotivated group I've ever seen during a leaving cert. Like, no one cared. Like, the, the like my friend, like, I'm in higher level history English class, and this boy in my class, this smart boy, uh, my friend said he sat next to her and he didn't write a single thing. No, I'm being dead serious. He didn't write a single thing. He's a like, smart boy. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. Like, from what I know of, I, I think, don't know personally. I but. think, I think the thing about it personally is that A, there's such a stress in the build up to it. You are exhausted. You just want to get in and write a paper. But then I know myself, by the time you get to your last exam, you do not care. Like Uh no matter what. And like, I really cared. Like I'm looking for high points. But I had one day between my second last exam and my last exam. And I was so mentally and physically exhausted. Mm -hmm. I was just there going like, I don't know what to do like you know what I mean it's just it's so hard to try and concentrate at all you're just like I want to be done I want to be out of here so you know so it's honestly awful. guys I think it's funny because it was an unpopular opinion section but I think we finished with a popular opinion which is the leaving cert sucks I know um I know definitely very, very popular opinion, opinion. Yeah. sorry popular opinion I think everyone is gonna agree super popular opinion guys okay <laughs> okay <laughs> Okay, I know you have never, never going to say everything you want to say, but for this episode, is there anything you need to get in this moment? Like advice? Just in general, just because oh, okay. it's been like an hour and a half. <laughs> My closing is statement all. is Sorry, originality died with Legally Blonde. Nothing has been as good since its release. Okay. I think all of you need to take a deep breath. I think we all just need to chill. We all need to chill. <laughs> we, all, we need to all enjoy Divergent for the series that it is. Move on, Carol. <laughs> Move on. I would like okay. to say that I am starting a protest outside the Aris. <laughs> and if anyone would like to come, um, you know, we'll forward it. I would just like to say well done to the three leaving stars who survived. No, yeah. I didn't. I'm not here. I left the party behind in the exam center, Amy. You know. Also, like, it's so disappointing. <laughs> My unpopular opinion is Gabby to start counting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really tempted okay. to like start reciting the Irish essay that I wrote here, guys. Because it took me so damn long to learn. Instead, how would you like to do a slon? I think we'll do a slon. Are we all good for a slon? Parakular. Um, ahin, ado, a three. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. Also, you can read the entire transcript of every episode in the link to our Google Drive, which you can find on our Instagram. Once again, online youth information chat is live from 4pm to 8pm, Monday to Friday at ymca-ireland.net slash question or find ymca at yi young voices.
Every second Thursday we will release a new episode, but for now, Slán! So